Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Thanks for joining us. Gary called me on Thursday or Wednesday night, and after he um, talked to me for a little while about some other things, he's like, well, that's actually not why I'm calling. I'm calling to see if you can preach on Sunday. And I said, oh, of course I can. And then I got off the phone and I thought, oh my goodness, what did I just agree to? (laughs) And I about freaked out in my chair talking to Jeremy, and I was like, oh, Lord, okay, so you're going to have to really intervene on this. And of course, the Holy Spirit did. I did talk to Gary about this, that I had a sermon ready, and I do have a sermon ready, um, but that's not the sermon that you're getting, actually. (laughs) It's a version of that sermon, but when I really started praying on what God would have me bring to you, um, what he gave me isn't what I had written down. And so, Um, I have been ruminating on this for a while, Um, and so I hope that what I bring to you honors your time here, and it honors God, and thank goodness the Holy Spirit has intervened, and I do have a message that I hope will bring you some hope and give you some new ideas and some directions about your own walk with God. So the title of this sermon is called, It's Always Plan A in God's Economy, and that comes from a message that I heard years ago from another pastor that um, was speaking And he was talking about exactly the same thing, that in God's economy, it doesn't matter what plan we're on. We might be on plan double Z or triple Z or whatever, but if we circle back in God's economy, it's always plan A. He already knew what was going to happen, so whatever happens is not a surprise to him. God's not sitting on the throne, wringing his hands, thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? There's so much comfort in that, don't you think? Um... So if you're somebody like me who's a planner, and it's good for me to know that my God's a planner too. Uh, I'm a super type A personality, and if you know me, you know that about me. I like to have things a certain way. I like to know exactly what I'm doing. I take my planner on vacation, much to the disappointment of my family, who is actually all here today. Um, But they humor me, and at least they know what we're doing each day and where we're going to eat, and that's my favorite part. So recently, Jeremy and I went to San Antonio, and so as soon as we hit the Texas border uh, at about Amarillo, I said, get ready, we're eating our way through Texas. And so we had some great Mexican food, we had some great barbecue, we even got down to the Gulf and had some really wonderful um, seafood that we enjoyed. Um, But that's my thing. When I go, when I travel, that's what I want to do. I want to eat where the locals eat, I want to have the food that they have. And I can do that because I can plan it out before we go. But here we, and here we're talking about plan A, God's plan A for us and his purpose for your life. And so who we are at Circle 3 really reflects that. God has a plan and a vision that he's given Gary, and some of these things we've seen benefited from. Our summer events, our ranch hand camps. So last year I prayed for 100 kids, and we had 101, I think. This year I'm praying for 150, and I hope you'll join me in that. Um, we're praying for 150 kids at ranch hand camp. It's going to be great. God will provide. (laughs) I believe that. (laughs) Um, The building that we're sitting in, you know, that was part of God's vision, and and Gary was able to execute that for us. Um, And there's lots more to come. Uh, Gary will share some of those things with you. I'm working with a group right now, um, and we're working on something really big for the fall, and I'm really excited about that. And so we'll share more about that when it becomes appropriate. But just know that there's lots of new ministries launching. The one I talked about with Dr. Trick, um, her girls group, that hoping that that will launch later this month. Um, But really, it's going to be contingent on church space and, of course, with the holidays. 
Um, and then there'll be some other ministry opportunities over the summer and into the fall. And again, we'll share more about those as they come along. But just know that this church is moving and that God has a big purpose for us, which means he has a big purpose for you. Excuse me. I feel like I'm talking too fast. Am I talking too fast? <laughs> Amanda said yes. So, <laughs> so I will slow it down. <laughs> um, so those, breathe, exactly. So my word for the year, I don't, and this is totally digressing, but it'll be brief. Uh, my word for the year is exhale. And of course, when God gave me that word in January, well, actually gave it to me last November, because um, I don't do New Year's resolutions, I have a word. But anyway, when God gave me that word, I thought, oh, that, I don't, what, that it was exhale. And I thought, that doesn't make sense. I don't even know why I would need that. Um, but then March came, and I got cancer. And then other things have come, and I thought, oh, I get it now. <laughs> I got what you're trying to tell me, Lord. Exhale. So, um, so those are just a couple of little teasers for you. But know that none of that would happen if we weren't obedient to God's call and his purpose. And if I wasn't obedient to the plan that he has for me and the plan that he has for you. What I want to stress to all, is, all of you is that if you're here today, it's not by accident. If you're still breathing, God has a plan for you. He has ministry for you to do in your family, here at the church, in our community. And if you want to know what God's plan for you is, the answer will come by serving him. So you have to plug in and be thinking about that as we know that these opportunities that are going to be coming into the spring and into the fall um, and what that's going to look like. As you all know, Circle 3 is super busy April through, through October. Um, there's not a lot of downtime. And so right now, while we have the opportunity to rest, we really need to take advantage of that. But know that in the spring, <laughs> Amanda's telling me to slow down again. <sighs> okay. Um, but know that in the spring that we're going to be back at it, full swing, and that there are some great things for Circle 3 that will come because of Gary's guidance and our obedience to the plan. Um, we will give all glory to God because of his grace and goodness um, and he's in his continued favor here at Circle 3. So you are here for a purpose. You are here because it's God's plan A. You're not here by accident. In God's economy, he always had you in his plan A. The scriptures that we're going to read today will give us some insight into God's plan A for the, your life. And the first one that we're going to look at is Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is God speaking. So in Jeremiah 29, 11... God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And so if you are new to Christianity or if you've been a Christian, Christian for a long time, that's one of our favorite verses. So if you don't know it, you should memorize it. It will serve you well. Um, but that's exactly what I want for my life. I want God to be in control. I want him to have a plan for my life. And I want to know, you know, how, what do I do? What's my part in the plan? And so when I think about that, I think about that um, I'm an 80s youth group kid. And so if any of you remember, I cannot sing, so I will not sing it to you. I'd have Gary sing, but it's that song that goes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. And that's what I want. I want that yes, Lord attitude for my life. If you've sung that on more than one occasion, you know that um, just how wound up we all get when we start singing that. Um, but if I take that scripture at face value, God is saying to me, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. And so I say, all right, God, give me a second to think about that. That's awesome. That's what I want. 
I want to know what God's plan is for me. But what that, inscription, what that scripture actually implies is that I, God, God's speaking in that scripture, I know the plan I have for you. But it implies that you may not know the plan that he has for you. And that I may not know the plan that he has for me. And so I think, how's that possible? How am I supposed to execute a plan that I don't even know exists? And so God goes on to tell us in verses, um, so, God, so how can I execute a plan that I don't know exists? And that's where we kind of lose the context. We forget that we sometimes pick and choose in how we interpret scripture, or at least I do. I'm sure you're all perfect and you know exactly what you're doing. But for me, I pick and choose scripture that fits the circumstance that I'm in for the time. And I don't always read those scriptures in context of what God's actually telling me. And if we back up a little bit, and we look at verse 4 of Jeremiah 29, the, the Israelites are in exile. God has allowed them to be taken from Jerusalem to Babylon, and they're being told to wait it out. They don't know how long they're going to be there. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know um, just what God's plan for them is. And so if you read, if you go back to that scripture, verse 4, You'll see where God's telling them, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem. And so he goes on into verse 5, 6, and 7, where he says, um, build houses and settle down, plant gardens, eat what, the, what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city which I have carried you to in exile and pray to the Lord for all of it to be for all of it because if it prospers you will also prosper so what God's telling us there is that in your exile moment you're still supposed to do what he says you're still, still supposed to be reliant on his Amanda's waving me down um you're still supposed to be prospering in your, in your exile. You're still, still supposed to be doing the things that you would have, that you would typically do in your normal, um, just in your normal everyday life. So God is telling us, you know, it's not, you're not going to be here for a short amount of time. Oh, here's a month. It's a nice break from where you were. God's saying, you're here for a while. Invest in the space that you're in. It may be exile, but it's still my plan A. And so while you're here, you need to do the things that you would typically do while you're in a place for a while. But if you fast forward back to our um, verse in chapter 11, God talks about the plan he has for you, and that's where it gets a little sticky. You know, that's the part we don't always like. Okay, God, how am I supposed to know the plan you have for me? And so God says, well, I'm glad you asked. So if you go on to verse 12 and 13, at the end of our scripture in um, verse 11, you know, so you have to do the courtesy to God to at least keep reading. And so he says in verse 12, then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all of your, when you seek me with all of your heart. So what a comfort that is to know that God gives us direction. So if we want the blessing of the verse 11, we have to continue to read on into verses 12 and 13 so that we know what that blessing will be. So that's a lot to absorb in those two short or three short verses that we're referencing. And I think that we forget we really need to look at God in context. So God is showing us the blessing in verse 11. Um, we have to do the actions of verses 12 and 13. 
and then you have to know what God has for you, you're not going to understand that unless you go deeper into his word. What I think one of the most impactful statements are in that series of scripture is when he states, and God talking, come, come upon me and come and pray and I will listen to you. Isn't that amazing that God says that so exactly and so precisely to us and to scriptures? I will listen to you. You know, you know that when you pray, those prayers are not falling on deaf ears. You're not just praying to some atmosphere thinking, oh well, I hope somebody is hearing it. God's, not, he, God's very specific here. He says, when you come to me, pray and seek me, and I will listen. That's such a comfort. And to give you some context about why this is so important to me, I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony. So I um, am the product of a church bus kid, or the church bus. And so if you don't know about the church bus, the church bus was a thing from the 70s and 80s that would never go over now. Um, but <laughs> they would travel neighborhoods. And um, I grew up in a very small town in rural um, northeast Ohio. And the church bus would come by every Sunday morning and pick me up and take me to church, and then in the afternoon after the service was over, they would bring us back. And so um, I had wonderful parents, amazing, an amazing childhood. I tease my dad very often that I grew up in the Beaver Cleaver house. Um, my dad didn't, my dad worked for GM and worked in a factory for a long time. My mom never worked until I was in high school. But the thing that I didn't have in that wonderful nuclear family and that I really desperately sought was having a godly family because I didn't know how to live my life in relationship with Jesus because I didn't have that example in my house. And so I had to go elsewhere for that example. And so I was very fortunate to have a pastor and a family that um, plugged into me and that introduced me to Jesus at a young age. And so they are still our quasi-adopted family. They love me, they love my family, um, and they take excellent good care of me. But I had lots of questions about what am I supposed to do, and how does the call on your life work? I had never seen that played out in my own family, so I didn't know what that would look like as I was growing into adulthood. And so, again, we talk about those things in Jeremiah 19, or 29, 11, and 13, and that's how we're going to learn what God has and what his plan is for our life. I was very fortunate to learn to do um, a devotion or have a quiet time early, um, praying, was also a big thing that they had emphasized to me. And Gary and Jim often talk about how they pray throughout the day. Well, I do that as well. Um, I pray what I call our breath prayers. And these are just short prayers that can be said in one breath. So an example might be, be with me, Lord Jesus. Or, um, I love you, Lord. Or my most favorite least lately has been, it is well. And because I loved it so much, I even got a tattoo, so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> But that is one of, that's my new favorite. Um, but these Bible, but these, the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing, and that's one way for me to do it. So every time I remember that breath prayer, it is well, I might pray that a hundred times a day. Um, and so that's how I stay in communication with God. So next we're going to visit Romans 8, 28, and I know it's a favorite of a lot of you. And it says, we know, we know that in all things, God works to the good of those who love him, who have been according to, called according to his purpose. And so even though I didn't have a godly or nuclear family, God made sure that I had found a godly family that adopted me and allowed me to see and demonstrate it to me and live the example of what a godly family might look like. So when Jeremy and I were raising our kids, um, we had that example of how to create a godly family by Radel and Donna, the 
um, pastor and his wife at my small church in Southington, Ohio, and what the Bible tells us about raising our children. And so we also had that example. All of our boys were born at um, First Pres. And so um, we had wonderful families that invested in us there and were able to um, just give us some guidance so that we could make sure that we were raising our family in a godly way. And so, again, God has inserted these people in my life um, where I didn't have that in my nuclear family because of, in his economy, it's plan A, and he knew how desperately I wanted to follow him. He inserted these folks so that I would have an example and a model and some guidance in order to be able to do that successfully. So we've read Romans 8.28, I've talked about Roman, or Jeremiah 29.11 and 13, and we talk to God, and God talks to us about what we're going to do and how we can discover our plan A. So the question is, you will know that you're doing your plan A because you're going to do these things. So, and this is God telling us that if you pray, I'm going to listen. If, you're, if you study, I'm going to teach you. In 20, and God, God's reminding us in Romans 8.28 that we know that in all things God works to the good who loves him. And when I pray about that, it tells me that not only am I called to a greater investment than I could ever do on my own, I now have this extended family of brothers and, Christo, brothers and sisters in Christ that walk beside me and help me to fulfill that um, great commission call. So I really do believe that God has equipped me, and so by studying his word and by listening to him and him listening to me, He's helping me to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. And that's what this church has been founded on. Gary will tell you that the Great Commission call for this church is Matthew 18, or I'm sorry, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And it says, Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing men in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you at the very end of age. Excuse me. Jesus is telling us in this scripture that he's going to equip us, that he's going to teach us, and then we're going to go out and we're going to spread the gospel so that the, we can do the kingdom building that's necessary to happen in God's economy. If you're a Christian, you are called according to God's purpose. You are not here by accident. You are here. If you are still upright and breathing, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So what does that look like? How do we get from the brain part of saying, yes, Lord, I understand you have a call on my life, to the heart part of saying, yes, how do I fulfill that call? Sorry, I lost my place. Okay. So we often hear the tape recorder of Satan saying to us, or sometimes you'll hear it called stinking thinking, um, you know, I've made so many mistakes. God can never use me. I've done terrible things. He doesn't want me. I'm not enough. He can't use me. And all those things are untrue. So if you don't hear anything else that I say, because I know I've talked way too fast, <laughs> um, hear this. It's never too late. Jesus said to the thief on the cross in the 11th hour, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, I will see you in paradise today. Um, how do you get back to God's plan A? You do the things that he told the Israelites to do in Jeremiah 29, 5, 6, and 7. You live your life. You build houses. You plant gardens. You love your neighbor. You serve your church. Gary has said to us on multiple occasions, we're not in the end times. We're in the now times. Jesus is coming. 
I don't know if it'll be in my lifetime. I suspect that it might be. But regardless of when he comes, he is returning. We know this because he told us in the scriptures. So how do you know that you're living your Jeremiah 29:11 Great Commission life? I know that we're in December, but April's not that far away. Um, just look at how fast 2021 went. And here we're almost to 2022, right? Went quickly. Um, and I alluded to earlier in my message that there are some big things coming for Circle 3. I'm excited that we'll be sharing those with you soon. There will be many opportunities for you to live your Plan A life. And I have some big things coming to me for in my life personally as well. I also alluded to that earlier. And I'm excited to share with you what those will be when, it's, when I have a more concrete plan and when God really has me ready. So where's your purpose? You are following God's plan for your Plan A life. Are you following God's plan for your plan in life? Or are you trying to do it alone? And God gives us these big dreams that require us to seek him so that when they happen, we can't take the credit. We know that it could have only happened through his guidance, favor, and, and a plan A on our life. Who are you serving? Who are you in relationship with? What does your sphere of influence look like? Who are the people that you impact every day? Is, that, is, it, at, is it at your workplace? Or are you impacting your family? for God's glory? Are there other groups that you're involved in that you have a sphere of influence where you could be impacting them for God's grace and glory and for the glory of Jesus Christ? I want to encourage you to do some prayerful consideration of your prayer, plan A. Have you fallen away and are you running your own plan or are you fulfilling his plan A for your life? So you ask, Stacy, how do I do that? How do I know if I'm following plan A? What does a relationship, what does it look like in relationship? And so I would say to you, that's the fruit. Are you bearing fruit for the kingdom? What are you seeing that's being manifested in your life that's growing the kingdom for Jesus Christ? If I'm talking about myself, I pray that the fruit that you see from me is love and friendship. Um, an example would be on our Sunday night fellowships. Um, we have our, our line as we're getting our food, and I try to get to every person in that line. Um, I try to get to learn their name. I want to hear about their week. I want to learn their story and hear about their family. Um, I want them to know that they're important to me and that God sees them and that I see them and that they are important to our Circle 3 family. I want you to know that you're here, that we love you. Sorry. If you have little kids and you're bringing your little kids, you want them here too. Young families are a sign of a growing church and so are young parents. If we don't have you here, the church is stagnant. Um, and if we don't have your young kids here, we will never grow. I often tell the moms when I see them in the grocery store um, or at the restaurant, the days are long, but the years are short. And if for any of you that have, ha that have grown kids, you know that that's so true. One day your kiddos are babies, and the next, day you, the next thing you know, they're sitting here in this building, and they're watching you give this message, and they're 25, 21, 20, and 19. And so, parents, I know you think that your kids are disruptive. And friends, sometimes it's hard to hear when you're sitting in the row with a young family. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, that little kid's so cute and fun to watch, but I can't hear a thing. I get it. I really do, because I was that young mom too. Um, but that is the sign of a growing church. This is how we know we're filling our Great Commission call. We are bringing in families, and we are bringing in people who may be the least of these. But you know what? They are the most of these in God's economy, and that's what we're called to do. Thank you. 
If you wake up every morning, God still has a plan for your life. He tells you in Jeremiah 29, 11 that he has de- what he's declared over you, that you will prosper and not be harmed. But in order to receive that blessing of Jeremiah 29, 11, you have to go on to verses 12 and 13 and do those things that he's asking of us. God wants you to know him and study his word and be in relationship with him. But that takes time. God's too big to give us all our blessings at once. And if he did, they would be so overwhelming we wouldn't know how to react. Um, but these plan, bless, plan A blessings are necessary for our walk. But I want you to hear this. They're not necessary for your salvation. The Bible's very clear that we are saved by grace, not by works. Um, God wants these things for you because that's how you will know him and know what you're, the plan A that he is that he has for you. And just like God said in Isaiah 6, 8, who will go? And Isaiah responded, I'm ready, Lord, send me. That's my prayer for you too. That's my prayer for myself, that when God calls me and he says, who's prepared, who's going to execute my plan A, who's going to follow and honor me, I can honestly say with great hope and great expectation, I've been called, I've been equipped, you've been called, you've been equipped, and here we are, Lord, send us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this time together, Lord. Um, I just ask that you bless my message, that, that, that it that did not fall on deaf ears, Lord. I know that um, it was a little clunky, and um, I talked way too fast, Lord. So I just ask that you uh, would bless the ears that could hear it and that they would um, know that what you have for them. Lord, I ask a special blessing on Gary and Cindy as they travel um, to North Carolina to pick up a plane. That's so exciting for them. And Lord, we just pray traveling mercies for them as they come fly the plane back, Lord, that they don't have any complications, um, and that you would be uh, with them the entire way. Lord, we also ask that you bless the prayer requests of this church, Lord. You know there are many. Um, some of them we don't even know about, Lord, but we know that you do. And Lord, we just love you so much. We always want to be in communion with you. We want to serve your plan and purpose, Lord, and we want to be ready when you call us. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time.